0: ...is the Spirit of God saying to us, in Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. Matthew, the fourth chapter, and the 19th verse. Matthew, the fourth chapter, and the 19th verse. Let's turn there. Now, Jesus said to His disciples, because remember, many of them were fishermen, is that right? Not all of them, but many of them were. And so he said to the fishermen he said to them he said follow me and I will make you fishers of men fishers of men See they were fishers of fish they were out on the sea you know fishing How many of you like to go fishing uh, I like to go fishing I I remember when I was a kid my uncle would come out once in a while and he'd uh, Take 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 me fishing over at the teamsters camp. He was a teamster and over in Peveley. And I remember I'd I'd go to bed the night before. Sometimes I'd go to bed four thirty five o'clock because I wanted to get to sleep because time goes faster when you sleep, you know, so I want to go to sleep. So time would go by so that uh, I'd wake up and then it'd be time to go fishing. I really enjoyed going fishing. He'd come and pick us up around 5 o'clock in the morning and we'd get out there and fish and uh, had a good time. But uh, Jesus said to his disciples, he said, I will make you fishers of men. What, what does that mean? That means that that they would go out and tell people of the gospel, the good news, and, uh, and, and he, they would catch those men. You know, sinners need to be caught just as well as fish. Is that right? Is that right? And uh, just like you do with a fish, the fish has to be there's There's two sides of it. It has to be caught and then it also has to be cleaned. Is that right? Is that correct? Now, do you clean a fish before you catch it? No, you catch the fish and then you what? Clean it. So there's two parts. Now, remember that as we go on with this message, there's the catching part and then there's a the cleaning part. OK. And so I want to talk to you today about being a fisherman. And it's very important, uh, uh, particularly if you uh, are hooked into this church, into this ministry, I want you to listen carefully to this. Um, one of the most significant messages I think we've preached in the last 20 years is uh, so listen carefully and hear what it is that we feel the Spirit of God is saying. Uh, some weeks ago, on a Sunday morning as I was ministering right near the end of the service, the Lord allowed me to see something. He showed me something about our church, about this church. And, uh, and, and then, then I could see there was something we'd have to do. And he was going to give us time to make the correction to make the course change. Now something you need to realize about the Lord is uh, when, when He uh, judges something, he, he, before He does it, He always gives fair warning. Gives you plenty of time to repent. Gives you space to repent. And so He, he showed me something, I believe. And uh, He's going to give us time, give me time, give us time to make the correction. Make a course change. Um, and and if, if there isn't a course change... He showed me that in about five years, just in about five years, this church will not be here as we know it now. The building might be here, but the church as we know it will not be here now. So we need to listen to what it is the Spirit of God is saying. Now, you say, well, would the Lord, would he do something like that? Would he, you know, well, let me give you some scripture. Let's go to Revelation two, verse four, Revelation two, verse four. Remember over in the book of Revelation, there are seven churches mentioned and great lessons we can learn. But as Jesus addressed the churches, those seven churches over there in the book of Revelation, chapters two and three, you can can read about read about it sometime. You ought to make a study of it. But he would come in and and he would examine. Jesus would examine the, the the churches. You know, he's how many of you know the Lord's here today, isn't he? Is he here? Yeah, yeah, he's here. And uh, uh, sure he is. He said, where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst. Well, we're gathered together in the name of the Lord Jesus. So he, he's here. He, he's here. And, uh, and so he would examine these churches and then he gave the message to John who would then send the message to the pastors of these churches to make whatever corrections needed to be made. And the Lord would, and something you need to know about the Lord, he always points out the good first. He always looks at the good, commends for the good. And then he'll say, you know, if there's something that needs to be corrected, he'll tell you, you know, correct this, correct that or whatever. And the way he says it, the words he uses, I have this against you. I don't want the Lord to have anything against, against me, do, do you? But, but he does have something against against me, against this church, against us that we need to correct. And uh, and, and notice uh, here in Ephesians two, verse four, he says, nevertheless, I have now you see it right there. I have this against you. Do you see that? Now, if you read the whole thing here, this is church of Ephesus. He commended him for the good and whatnot. But then we get to verse four. He says, I have this against you. That you've left your first love. Well. Now, who's your first love? Who, who is that? That's the Lord Jesus, isn't it? Now, that's not necessarily the case here in this church, but it was here in Ephesus. Now, at Summit, not necessarily the case that we've left Jesus. No, certainly not. But you'll see what, what, I'm, what the Lord's getting at here in a minute as it pertains to this church. But the one in Ephesus, they'd left their first love. Remember, now notice verse 5. Remember, therefore, from where you have fallen... Repent and do the first works. In other words, get back to it. Get back to your first love. Or else, see, I don't want the Lord saying or else to me, but but he has said that to me. He said it to them. Or else I'll come to you quickly and remove your lampstand from its place. Well, What in the world does that mean? Well, if you studied into this, you would see the lampstand... Has to do with the local church, with the church. In other words, I'll put it in my own words. Jesus said that unless you get this fixed, I'm going to shut your church down. Wow. And then he goes on and he says, unless you repent. And so uh, if you studied this church out over time as the years went on, they didn't ultimately repent. And ultimately, the Lord shut that church down. He shut it down. You know, he, he opens them and he can shut them. Did you hear me? I said he opens them and he, he can shut them. The only reason this church has made it as long as it has is because the Lord directed it. And he opened it. You see, did you hear what I just said? See, if the Lord hadn't called this church, if he hadn't opened the church this church would have shut down before we ever got out of the school and made it up here to this property. Did you hear me? And frankly, if the Lord hadn't opened this church, called this church, it would have it would have shut down probably several times over the last year since we've been in this building. But the Lord opened it up and it'll it'll be open and running just as long as he wants it open and running. He opened it, but you know what? He can also close it, you know. And and he will, and he's going to in the next within about five years if we don't make a correction on something, which we're going to get to. Now, a uh, several weeks ago, during that service, Sunday morning, when right near the end of the service, when the Lord showed this to me, He also showed me something else. Uh, but before I say that, I want to say it again. Isn't it wonderful we can repent? Isn't it wonderful? is it wonderful the Lord gives us time and, and He'll show us things and, and give us time to repent? And so, so we need to be thankful for that. But also, he showed me this. Uh, how many of you know we as Christians, all of us, are going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ? Is that right? To be judged? Now, now, now sinners, people who've never received Jesus, uh, they're going to stand before the Lord at a different judgment, known as a great white throne. And uh, they'll be judged for their works And they'll be sentenced into the lake of fire. You understand that. But Christians won't stand before the great white throne. We're going to stand before another judgment, which is known in Scripture as the judgment seat of Christ. And we'll be judged for the works done in our bodies, whether good or bad. And we'll be rewarded or we'll lose reward, depending on the case. And those that lose reward, the Bible says that, that the fire of God will burn our works if there, if our works have been bad. The Bible says we'll suffer loss, but we ourselves will be saved. So that, that is a good thing. Uh, how many of you know entering heaven with no works or no crowns of reward does beat going to hell, doesn't it? It sure does. But I don't know about you. I'd like to get some rewards so that I I have some crowns to lay at Jesus' feet, you know. And so, uh, what I believe the Lord showed me, along with that, we had five years, is that the last thing commanded by Jesus is going to be the first thing judged in Christians at the judgment seat. The last thing commanded will be the first thing judged. The last thing commanded will be the first thing judged. I want to say that again. The last thing commanded will be the first thing judged. Now, do you remember what the last thing Jesus commanded was? Well, look at Mark 16 and 15 and you'll see Mark 16 and 15. Mark 16 and 15. Notice he said to them. Now, this was right before he was uh, before he ascended back up into heaven, seated at the right hand of the father. He said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, every person, every human being. That was the last thing commanded. Right? You understand. Generally, now he told them to go into the city and and wait till they're endued with power from on high. But to the church as a whole, generally... What's the last thing He commanded before He was caught up into heaven to be seated at the right hand of the Father? It was go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. You see, the last thing commanded will be the first thing judged at the judgment seat of Christ. One day when you and I stand before the judgment seat of Christ, I'm convinced that the first thing that He's going to talk to you about, the first thing He's going to talk to me about, is our fruit our fruit. What do you mean, our fruit? You mean the fruit that we grew in the garden in the back, in the backyard? No, no, no. In the Bible, fruit very oftentimes has to do with souls. With souls. And the first thing the Lord's going to talk to you about, the first thing He's going to talk to me about, is souls. How many souls did we win for the Lord Jesus, you see? How many souls did we win for Him? Now, notice Daniel, the 12th chapter in the third verse, Daniel, the 12th chapter in the third verse, Daniel, the 12th chapter in the third verse. Notice the Bible says this, those who are wise, those who are wise. Now, let's stop right there. You could read the rest of the verse, but let's stop right there. Those who are wise. Go to Proverbs 1130. Proverbs 1130. Look at the last part of that verse. Because Daniel twelve said those who are wise. Well, who's he talking about? Proverbs eleven thirty. Notice this. Proverbs eleven thirty. The last part of that verse says, "He who does what, he who does what wins souls is what." So he who wins souls is wise. So in God's eyes, who are the wise people? Those who. Win souls. Now, there's other things we could say about wisdom, but for this message here today, he who wins souls is wise. Now, let's go back to Daniel, the 12th chapter, and the third verse. Those who are wise. Now, who are wise? Those who win souls. Those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the firmament. And those who turn many, look at this, who turn many, many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. Now you could go into in First Corinthians and you could see, if you took the time, that, that, and if I had the time, I could show you that at the judgment seat of Christ, when the rewards are handed out to Christians for the things they've done in their body, I believe the first thing he's going to judge, last thing commanded, first thing judged, he's going to talk to you and me about our fruit. Have we been wise? Have we won souls? Have we turned many to righteousness? And those Christians who have turned many to righteousness are going to be... Remember our bodies, our... our, 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 See, right now we have natural bodies, but in the resurrection we're going to have spiritual bodies. Is that right? Is that is that correct? Spiritual bodies. And, And not all our bodies are going to have the same glory to them. Not all of our spiritual bodies are going to have the same glory to them. You need to understand that. And and those who have won souls, those who have been wise, their spiritual bodies, and we're talking about for eternity now, are going to have a brightness to them. And they'll be far brighter and shine with the glory of God far more than those Christians who in this time upon the earth have not been soul winners, you see. Those who are wise, soul winners, will shine Like the brightness of the firmament, and those who turn many to righteousness, like the stars forever and ever. Question I have for you right now if the Lord were to judge you right now at this point, how bright would you be? How bright would you be? How bright would I be? How bright would we be? You see, and I want you to remember what I'm about to say to you the main thing. Realize, say the main thing. The main thing, the main thing is to keep the main thing, the main thing. Do you get what I just said? The main thing is to keep the main thing, the what? The main thing. And you need to understand that as a Christian, the main thing that the Lord is concerned about is that we are soul winners. That's the main thing. Did you, get, did you get that? That's the main thing that the Lord's concerned about. There's other things He's concerned about, alright. But the main thing is that we're soul winners. The main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. It's so easy, dear friends. It's so easy to get distracted from the main thing. So easy to do it. So easy to do it. So easy to do it. Um, now, if you would, go to Acts, the first chapter. Did they play that little video before I preached? I was supposed to tell them to. Well, they're going to get that ready. Don't play it until I call for it, okay? But it's, yeah, because it'll, it, it'll you know, picture's worth a thousand words. Is that right? Here in just a few moments, they're going to play a, 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 a little thing here that, that'll speak volumes, I think. It'll go right along with what I'm saying. It'll actually say in pictures what I'm saying in words. The early church in Jerusalem, uh, Acts 1-8 and Acts 8-1. Realize say Acts 1-8 and then say Acts 8-1. See, 1-8 and 8-1. Let's look at 1-8 first. Jesus says to the church here right before he's caught up into heaven, he says, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit's come on you. And you'll be what? You'll be witnesses to me. Where in Jerusalem and then where Judea and then where Samaria and to the end of the earth. Right. So he gave them an assignment, didn't he? Now, if you go over to Acts, the eighth chapter and the first verse, we'll see that they didn't make good on their assignment. They just did the first part of it, but they didn't make good on it. Acts 8 1. Now Saul was consenting to his death. That's Stephen's death. You know, Saul then became Paul and all of that. But notice here, at that time, a great a, what arose? Does anybody know what arose? Persecution, Persecution arose against the church, which was where? Jerusalem. Jerusalem. And they were all scattered throughout the regions of where? Judea and Samaria, except the apostles, they stayed there in Jerusalem. So notice here in Acts 1.8, the Lord told them to start where they were in Jerusalem. Is that right? And then he told them to go where to Judea and then where Samaria. Now, about 10 years later, between Acts 1.8 and Acts 8.1, there's about eight to 10 years there. So about eight to 10 years comes and goes and they're still in Jerusalem, aren't they? Aren't they? They're still in Jerusalem. They hadn't gone out into Judea and Samaria, had they? So the Lord allowed something to happen here. A great persecution arose against the church that was at Jerusalem because eight to ten years, things were going fairly smooth. They had some persecution, but they overcame that. Things were going along pretty well. They had an assignment to start Jerusalem, which, of course, they did. But then go to uh, Judea and Samaria, they hadn't done that. Now, think about in that eight to ten years, they had some pretty good church services. Now, listen to me now. They had some pretty good church services there in Jerusalem, didn't they? Didn't they? Did they or did they not? They had some pretty wild and wonderful and good and fantastic church services there in Jerusalem. Certainly on the day of Pentecost, the 120 got filled with the Holy Spirit. They went out and then Peter preached and 3,000 people got saved. And then, of course, they were ministering there in Jerusalem and people were getting saved. And that's, that's all good. And, and they had some really wonderful church services, didn't they say wonderful church services? Oh, they had some wonderful church services there in Jerusalem. Isn't it good to have a wonderful church service? Isn't that wonderful? And, and just about every Christian I've ever met, they love to have wonderful church services, and, and so do I. But did they make good on their assignment that the Lord gave them? No. Just on part of it. Did they have some good church services? Yes, they had some wonderful church services. Man, great church service, man, boy, you should have been there today. Ananias and Sapphira fell dead right in church. I don't think that's great though. At least not for them. <laughs> All right. But I mean I mean were people did the Bible say that miracles were done at the hands of the apostles? Huh? Yeah, man, you should have been there today. So-and-so's, you know, got their eyesight back or that crippled man was healed and all of that. I mean, they had some wonderful, bizarre, great church services. Man, right here at Summit Church, we have had over the last twenty years, almost twenty years, we have had some of the greatest church services that you'd ever want to find. I mean, we've had people that the Lord has healed of all kinds of things you can imagine. Cancer's been healed and and and, and, and a couple of people with demons cast out of them and 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 all kind I mean just, just some wonderful, wonderful, wonderful healings and and I mean God. I, hundreds and hundreds of people healed, and words of knowledge and words of wisdom, and and, 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 and accurate prophecy, and just all kinds of just you know, the presence of God. At times we we we've, we've sensed all that. We boy we've had some good church services, haven't we? But yet the Lord has somewhat against us. You see, they had some good church services there. In in Jerusalem, they had some prayer services, man, that would just knock your socks off. Good prayer services. And, And fellowship and the breaking of bread. And man, they had some good eating there too. I mean, good stuff going on. And that's all good. That's wonderful. But dear friends, that's just half of it. Say half of it. Half of it. We've had that half. We've had that here. But we've lacked on the other half. Um, I'm going to share now, just briefly with you, my testimony. But before I do, I want them to play this. It's about a one minute, give or take, maybe a minute and a half clip. And, And let's play that. Watch this. Turn the lights down a little, would you? And the thing of it is, see, I don't know if you caught it, but the first few moments of that uh, video kind of summed up, I think, where a lot of Christians, including myself, live. And church, to a lot of people, the go, the go, Jesus said, go into all the world. Is that right? but but Christianity for most Christians that I've had anything to do with over the years most of them including myself the go has been going to church if they even do that Christians now and they'll go to church and they'll have the nice church service and they'll have the you know the the, the worship and that's all good that's all good and they'll have the teaching of the word and that's all good and they'll have the fellowship afterward that's all good realize say that that's all good that's all good. Nothing wrong with that. But if that's all it is, we're only getting half of what the Lord wants us to do. You need to realize that. Could any of you relate with, and I know it went by pretty quick, but there at the beginning, it showed the people. Jesus said go into all the world, but it showed Christians going where? To church. They had good services and all of that. They had worship going on. People watching their watch. The ones going to be over, that kind of stuff. But but that's Christianity for so many Christians is we get up, we're going to go to the church building, we're going to you know, do what we do there and all that's good and worship the Lord. That's good. But then that's where it begins and that's where it ends. I know. Uh, and, and that sums up what I'm trying to get across to you here today. My testimony, just real briefly, I, I got I was saved in the Baptist church. As as a young boy, but then as time went on, when I was in high school, I got fired up for the Lord, got baptized in the Holy Spirit, and uh, I became a soul winner. I mean on fire, red hot, on fire for the Lord. I mean, I was telling everybody about Jesus. I was, I was sharing the word of God with everybody, every place I went. I was telling people about the Lord Jesus, you know. And, and, and back there then, I, I was a little bit obnoxious. But I tell you what, I believe it's better to be a little bit obnoxious than not doing anything as far as sharing the Lord. Amen. And so I remember every, at high school I w- would tell folks about the Lord, and 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 then I remember out at the golf course where I where I worked I would uh, I would share Jesus just with, with everybody I mean every everybody that that come along just everybody I'm telling them tellin about the Lord I remember uh, uh, I remember going and telling Jane Huckleberry and the ladies there they were playing uh, bingo bango bongo out on the golf course gambling for nickels and I, I told them if they didn't repent is going to hell, you know, which... But uh, I told them about Jesus nonetheless, you know. And uh, people had come up to the counter, you know. And I worked behind the counter and I tell them about Jesus to the point where, uh, you know, the ownership told me I had to calm it down just a little bit. And, you know, if you're working for somebody and they tell you to calm it down, then you need to be under their authority. Is that right? But we still did our best to tell folks about the Lord Jesus, you know. And we did that, we did that. But in the process of time... In the process of time, as things went along, I got ridiculed horribly. Has anybody ever been ridiculed for sharing Jesus? Ridiculed and ridiculed and ridiculed and ridiculed and ridiculed. And then, as things went along, I became a, a member of a certain church. And uh, this church, while it was it was it was basically it was a good church. But the leadership of that church and the pastor of that church was very inside the four walls minded. Do you know what I mean by that? And, and it, it, was, it was all about the church service. Realize I say the church service is all about the church service. and It was all about the church service. It was all about the church service. Our church service is important. Yeah. They're important, aren't they? But if that's all you got, you've only got about half of what the Lord wants you to have. And so, in in my experience, uh, I began to cool off. And I began to stop telling people about Jesus because, you know, it became more important to be there for the elders meeting than it was to share Jesus with somebody. It was more important to be there for the deacons meeting. And then you'd sit there in those ding dong meetings. And you'd listen to the deacons and the elders argue about this. And argue about that. Dispute about this. And dispute about that. And go on about this. And go on about that. And blah, 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 blah. And then there was the pastor's fund. And, and then we'd have to talk about you know, how the fundraisers were going to be made for the pastor. So he could go to the different meetings. And this and that. And it became all about that. While people in the community are dying and going to hell. It's real easy to get distracted. I hope this message shakes all of us today. And and then, as time went on, we started Summit Church. And as a pastor... You teach the word of God. You have to understand this. Now, listen carefully. There's the church side of the Great Commission and there's the evangelistic side of the Great Commission. There's the church side of it and there's the evangelistic side of it. Now, we read from Mark 16 just a moment ago and he said, go where? Go into all the world and preach the gospel. That's the evangelistic side. But then there's the church side of it. Look at Matthew 28, verse 19. Look at this. This is Matthew's account of what Jesus said. And notice he said this Matthew 28, 19. He said, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, teaching them. Realize I say teaching them? Teaching them to deserve all things that I've commanded you. See, that's the church side. Of the Great Commission, and then there's the evangelistic side. See, I have done really well, and and this church has done really well, and the Lord has commended me for teaching the Word of God. We've done a good job teaching the Word of God. We've we've done, and I don't, I'm not patting myself on the back. Those of you who know me, I don't do that. But 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 we've done a good job with that. I, I we, we've done we've done a, we've done a good job with that. And we've done a good job here with the church side of the Great Commission. We've taught the Word of God. We, we've, we've stood fast in the Word of God. We've, had, we, we've seen the signs and, 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 and miracles uh, uh, confirming the Word. We've seen hundreds of people healed and helped in the move of the Holy Spirit. We, we, we've seen all of that. But you see, for almost my entire ministry, I've taught the taught. You know what I mean by that? I've taught the taught. I've taught people who've already heard the gospel 10,000 times. They've already received Jesus. They, you know, they, they've, you know, they've already, you know, and that's kind of what my ministry has been teaching the taught. And how many of you know there needs to be a good local church? Is that Right. There's nothing wrong with that. That's what the Lord wants. He wants people to come. He wants. That's what a pastor does. A pastor teaches people and develops people and develops them into disciples. And, and so that's all good. We've done really good on that side of it. Excellent. We've got a good, solid church. But where. are We haven't done so good and I speak for myself because some of you may well have, but as a whole, I don't think I've done. And I know the Lord has this against me. I haven't done a good job keeping the evangelistic side of the Great Commission in front of you. If you haven't noticed by now, sinners don't get up in the morning and come to church, do they? Do they? Come on, do they? No. Wonder where all the sinners are to get saved today. Well, come on. Sinners don't get up in the morning and go to church to get saved. They get up in the morning and look for their next beer. Is that right? Or look for their next... Hit a a weed? Is that it? I don't know. Is that what you call it? I don't know. Is that what they do? Or they go to the lake. Is there anything wrong going with the lake? Going to the lake? No, not, not as long as you keep Jesus first. I don't think the Lord has any problem with you going to the lake on a weekend here or there. But generally, where, where should you be on Sunday morning? Most all the time. Church. And, 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 and that's good. But sinners... I mean, think about it. Because because I've been criticized very much over the years. How come, you know, when you make the altar call, how come nobody's coming up to get saved? Well, because everybody sitting here is already what? And we've done real good on that. We're teaching the taught. We're teaching people that, you know what I mean? We've done good. God's given us high marks on that. But sinners don't... Come on, guys. Come on, gals. Sinners don't get up in the morning and go to church. Now, now maybe some do or whatnot, but I know this. They certainly won't unless they're invited. Is that right? And then they may or they may not. But generally speaking, we have to go out and catch them. Is that right? Is, Is that correct? Yes or no? Yes. So Christianity and church must be more than a time of singing, hearing the word and socializing. Can you say amen to that? Christianity and church life for Christians must, realize Say must, must be more than a time of singing, which is good. Come together and worship. Hearing the word, good. That's what we're doing. That's good. And socializing. Here in a moment, we're going to go back and have, have cake. That, that's great. That's good. Realize Say that's good. That's good. But if that's all we have, we only have half of what the Lord wants for us. And that's really not the main thing. What's the main thing? It's soul winning. And the main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. So, I want Dale, Dale, give me, those, uh, give me a track, would you, quickly, and then start passing them out. I'm, I'm going to close the message here. I hope the Spirit of God has spoken to your heart. And uh, the ushers are going to pass these out. This is what I feel the Lord has directed us to do. He just gave. That was easy. He just handed me a tract, didn't he? And he's going to give each and every one of you one of these. And uh, in fact, and I don't think Dale would have a problem with me saying this to you. uh, But uh, you know what him and Donna used to do regularly? Regularly. With these tracks, you know what him and Donnie used to do regularly. Dale, what did you and Donnie used to do regularly with tracks? You did what? You handed them out every place you went, and yeah, and uh, but but you know what? It's real easy, just like myself, to get off track and to get cooled off or to get directed in another area. Now, you won't find two greater people, and I use them as an example, but you won't find two greater people than Dale and Donna. Is that right? Somebody say amen. Amen. But even the greatest people in the kingdom of God like them, you know, how do I want to say it? I mean, you won't find two greater volunteers around the house of God than Dale and Donna. You You won't find two greater folks. But even them. It's real easy to get your attention... Like on weeding the garden out there or washing the church floors or dumping the trash cans in the church or cleaning the windows. And do the trash cans at church need to be dumped and do the windows need to be cleaned? And Yes or no? Yeah. But is that the main thing? No. What's the main thing? Soul winning. And so if it could happen to Dale and Donna, it could happen to me. If it could happen to them and me, could it happen to you? And so what I think the Lord has laid on my heart to do, and, and, and this has nothing to do with growing the church. This, this has nothing to do with that. This, that's not my, that's, that would have been my motive years ago. This has nothing to do with that. It has nothing to do with that. God knows my heart. What this has to do is about what's good and what's right in the sight of God and what he wants. He wants each and every one of us to become better soul winners than we are. Now, maybe there's some of you here in this room that you pass out a bunch of tracks every week, then praise God, you're you're, you're doing good. But I'd venture to say probably the, the bulk of us probably don't. I know that I don't. See, I get to stand up here and confess my faults and you get to sit there and smile and nobody knows whether you're doing this or not. But I haven't I haven't been a soul winner like I need to be. Now, I've been teaching the church really well, been doing a good job with that, but I haven't been doing the main thing as I should. And so what we're going to do and and the Lord, I believe, directed me to do this for the for the future. We'll just see how long he will just keep doing it until he tells us to stop. But what we're gonna gonna start with today and what we're gonna do at the end of every service, we won't take long with it, but at the end of every service, we're gonna provide you with a track. You'll either get it when you come in, or you'll you'll get it during we'll pass it out during the service, or somehow or another we'll get you a track every week. And my assignment, your assignment is to during this next week before next Sunday, that you share this with one person. Okay? You you hand it to somebody or you leave it for a a waiter or a waitress, you know, that's real good to do. And also leave them a a generous tip. Somebody say amen. Amen. You know, don't just leave this as the tip that'll turn them off to the Lord, you know, leave them, leave them a generous, fair tip, you know, in there. Can you say amen? But hand it to somebody you know I think it's Smith Wigglesworth, a great minister of yesteryear, he used to pray and seek the Lord as to who he was supposed to share Jesus with, and then he'd go out that day and he'd share Jesus with folks and he'd get people saved but you know you know share this with somebody during the next week. hand it to somebody, leave it as it with with your tip uh, send it to somebody in the mail you know um pray and seek God who he'd want you to give it to. And, uh, and, and and at the end of every service, from now on, we'll just see how as long as the Lord directs. We're going to just take a moment. At the end of the service, we're going to pray, pray over these, pray that the Lord would lead us, guide us, direct us as to who to give them out to that next week. And, uh, and, and, and we're going to go that, that direction. Now, why are we doing this? Because we all need to keep the main thing as the what? the main thing okay now if you're sitting there saying oh man this is so hard for me this is this makes me so uncomfortable There was a day that that didn't make me uncomfortable. I could go right up to the ladies at the table at the golf course and tell them, you're going to hell if you don't repent. I mean, I'd tell anybody about Jesus. But you know what? I've been preaching the word all these years. And you know what? Right now, I feel a little uncomfortable. I've just got to be honest. I feel a little uncomfortable going up and handing this to somebody. How could you go from the way I was to the way I am now? You get so inside the four walls minded, you know, inside here, it's safe, isn't it? Is it real safe? Is it safe? Yeah. But you go out there and start sharing your faith out in the world. You can get ridiculed, can't you? Huh? So if you feel uncomfortable doing this, anytime the Lord, do you think the Lord would be in sharing Jesus with somebody? Yes or no? I mean, do you think the Lord's in that? If you don't think the Lord's in that, then we're all in trouble. I mean, isn't the Lord in that, sharing Jesus with somebody? Yes. Isn't God in that? So if you feel uncomfortable doing that, anytime time God's directing... If you're taking notes, you ought to write this down. Any time God directs you to do something and you feel uncomfortable doing it, it means you need to grow in that area. Did you get what I just said? Anytime the Lord directs... Now, I'm talking about the Lord. He directs you to do something. And you feel uncomfortable doing it, then you need to grow in that area. So if you're if you're sitting there with this saying, oh, man, I feel uncomfortable doing that. Guess what? You need to what? Grow just like me. You need to grow in that area. Okay. now, if you sit there and say, well, I'm just not going to do it. Well, then guess what? At the judgment seat of Christ. You'll make heaven, but you're not going to shine very bright. Now I know about you, but I want to shine bright. Okay, so this has nothing to do with growing the church. This has to, yeah yeah. This has nothing to do with growing the church. It has to do with growing you and me. Can you say Amen? In the right area, in the right way that we need to go. Amen. Okay, are you okay? Are you all right? All right. Well, let's stand. Praise God. Take your track there. Max Lucato put this one out. We'll have various and different ones as we go. And I won't be preaching the whole message on this every Sunday, but just at the end of the service, from now until the Lord gives me the release to stop it, we're going to just take a moment at the end, take our track, pray. And uh, somebody might say, well, I want to hand out 10 tracks or 20 tracks. Great. Hand the more the merrier. Praise God. But at least do one, even if you send it to somebody or leave it on the table with your tip or whatever the case. Amen. All right. Take your track. Let's hold it up to the Lord. Come on, guys. Let's hold it up to the Lord. And I'm going to pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you so much that you showed us what you showed us some weeks ago. We're so grateful that you've given us time and space to repent. And so, Lord, we're repenting before you. I'm sorry that I've missed it in this area. And, and, and uh, I'm sorry. I, I really am. And so we're making good on it now. We're repenting before you. I'm repenting before you, before the people. And uh, we're we're making an adjustment. We're making a course change. And we'll keep, Lord, we promise you that we'll do our very best to keep the main thing as the main thing. And that's being soul winners and being lights to the people that we come into contact with. We're going to take this serious, Lord. And we're going to share... At least one track per week. Share the good news of Jesus with at least one person each week about uh, the good news of the Lord Jesus. Lord, we ask right now that you would lead us, guide us, direct us. Lead us, guide us, and direct us each week. And in this next week, in this next week, lead us, guide us, direct us as to who to give this to. And right now we pull down the spiritual blindness over their eyes and and we, we, we cast that down, that they'll be able to see that they need the Lord Jesus. And Lord, use us, we ask, we make ourselves now as perfect laborers perfect as you lead us and guide us to that person that you would have us share Jesus with and that this track would fall not upon deaf ears, but but, but upon hearing ears and seeing eyes and and that we'd uh, be able to share Jesus with a sinner in due season and that they'd return and repent and miss hell and make heaven. So so we just uh, ask for your leading and guiding, sir, and we commit to do this and we'll do this each week until you give us the release to stop. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Now, hey, we're going to honor Brian and Debbie today with some cake out there. They've done a real good job, you know, over the last seven years of being youth leaders. And we're just grateful for it. So go back. Have a good time of fellowship. Be sure to hand your track out to somebody this week. You're dismissed. God bless you.